Tonight, if you'll turn your Bible to Daniel chapter number 5. Daniel chapter number 5 for just a moment tonight. I just want to read quite a few verses tonight. That way, if I don't think of anything to say, you won't go home saying you didn't get anything out of it. If I read enough scripture, you ought to get something out of it. Amen. So uh, I'd like to just take tonight uh, this great, great, uh, tremendous, powerful nation called Babylon. There uh, have been several great, uh, strong empires in history. Babylon is one of those mighty powers in the Word of God. Another one would be the media Persian empire that has defeated Babylon. Another one would be the Grecian empire by Alexander the Great. And the other one would be Rome. We are not the only superpower in the history of mankind. America has not got anything on these folks. And so I would uh, like to take the nation of Babylon, the empire of Babylon, <clears throat> who conquered and many, many, many other nations, such as Israel and the nation lying about, thusly creating a multicultural society. You know, in the other nations, that used to be a Christian culture, but had become a multi-culture. Used to, when you came to America, uh, you were integrated into our culture. Now we no longer subscribe to that methodology. Now we have multi-culture such as Chinatown and Mexican town and every other towns, thusly our culture has become that somewhat rather than a Christian culture. You say, what's that got to do with the price of beans? Nothing unless you're buying beans. Nothing unless you care about the future of our country and our church. Now you need to realize tonight we're living in serious times. And just like Babylon who enjoyed the mighty tremendous fencing and walls that surrounded the city, depending on which commentary or expert you might read, the walls around Babylon was anywhere from 80 to 300 foot tall. Now, I don't know how tall they were, but evidently it was a pretty good side wall to subscribe to that kind of difference. I've read it could have been as much as 15 miles long around the city and as many as 30-some miles around the city. Walls of security 
inside that huge, gigantic wall that some subscribe was 80 feet thick, 90 plus feet tall. There was another smaller wall went around the city. And inside those walls were a moat. It was absolutely impregnable in those days. And because of their security, because they rested on their walls and their security, they became lackadaisical in their culture. Let me read for you now just a few verses in Daniel chapter number 5. And the Bible said, Belshazzar, the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousands. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, that means while he continued drinking the wine, not that he just had a sip and quit. While he was tasting the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels from his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princesses, his wives, his concubines might drink therein. Now he's not messing with politics now. He's beginning to mess with God. Drinking his wine, having his orgy. And the vessels that has been sanctified by God to be used only in the temple of God. Watch this now. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines, drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold, and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. The same hour came four fingers on a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Have you ever heard the old saying, the writing is on the wall? The king now, in his drunken orgy, has noticed something irregular and unexpected as he drinks out of the vessels of the house of God and praises the, gold, the gods of gold and wood. He noticed something unusual over on the plaster, written writing on the wall. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against another. 
think the man might be shook up right about now. And the king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whoso shall, whosoever shall read this writing, show me the interpretation thereof, shall be clothed with scarlet, and have a chain of gold about his neck, shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Do a little research and you'll find out why they made him the third ruler in the kingdom. Because there was already two rulers in the kingdom, Nebuchadnezzar and his wicked father. Joint chamberlains, joint rulers. And he said, if somebody will show me about this writing on the wall, we will make him the third ruler of all the kingdom. Naturally, the soothsayers and the Chaldeans and the wise men could not do it. But thank God he had a wife in verse 11. His wife tells him in verse 10, Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. Look at this phrase. There is a man in thy kingdom. Thank God there's a preacher somewhere about. Thank God there's a spiritual man somewhere about. Thank God there's somebody that somebody can call when all seems to be going wrong will be right down the line to tell them the truth of God. There is a man in thy kingdom. Notice his testimony. In whom the spirit of the holy gods and in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him whom the king Nebuchadnezzar thy father, the king I say thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Now, Daniel is summoned before the king. Verse 17, Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be thyself, give thy rewards to another, yet I will read the writing under the king and make it known to him the interpretation. Verse 22, And thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thy heart, though thou knewest all of this concerning your father Nebuchadnezzar, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and have they have brought the vessels of the house before thee, and thou and thy lords and thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God in whose hands thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways hast thou not glorified? 
Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. <clears throat> this is the writing that was written. Mini, mini tekel This is the interpretation of the thing. Mini, God hath numbered thy kingdom, and it's finished. You know what God just said to him? You're out of business. Tonight thy soul shall be required of thee, and who shall all those riches be? Didn't he tell some guy in the New Testament that? Thy kingdom is finished. The great superpower Babylon, with its gigantic walls, 20 years of provisions within those walls. Should they come against the city, they could lock the doors, lock the stone, iron gates, and live within that city with water and supplies for 20 years. Impregnable, impossibility for the kingdom to fall. But God said, because of the way you're living and what you're doing, it's over, Belshazzar. You're done. Verse 28 or 27. He's interpreting the writing now. Thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanted. To read, the kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. While this party is going on, now listen to me. While the party is going on, surrounding the city is the Medes and the Persians at war, intending to destroy the city. But here this king is, and this whole nation, if you please. What is their response to the those who's trying to destroy them? Let's have a party. Party time. Forget about uh, the rams that's uh, trying to break the doors down and tear the city apart. Belshazzar, what are you going to do? Well, let's have a party. Nothing serious going on outside. I wonder if you'd allow me now. Verse 29, then commanded Belshazzar they clothed Daniel with the scarlet, put the chain of gold about his neck, made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That lasted one night. Daniel reigned for one night. You say, how do you know that? Verse 30, and that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain. 
And Darius, <clears throat> the Median, took the kingdom, being about three score and two years old. While Belshazzar drank wine out of the vessels of God, while he blasphemed God that had so, so spoke to his father, Nebuchadnezzar, who had swelled up with pride, and God had sent him out into the wilds and into the forest and acted like an animal, if you would please. And they fed him with the, with the straw and with the food of animals. And for a length of time, that great king of that great superpower was beside himself, out of his mind, acting like a rank animal and finally he came to himself and realized that God had put him on the throne and God gave him a good spirit and set him back on his throne and his son Belshazzar watched all of that. Watched his dad act like a crazy man. Took credit for all God had done. And now, The city has been besieged, and for months, the Medes and the Persians have been attacking the city, but resting on their laurels and their big walls and their supplies on the inside. What do they do? They have a party because it's impossible for anything to happen to this superpower with all of its armaments and all of its walls, it's impossible for anything to happen, but it did. And while Belshazzar is having his party, blaspheming the God of the universe and the God of creation, resting on their laurels and resting in the safety of these huge walls, the Medes and the Persians are at work redirecting the Euphrates River that runs straight through the middle of Babylon. And while Belshazzar and his thousands of staff and their wives and their concubines drink themselves into a drunken stupor. Darius is busy redirecting the river around the city. And all that needs to be done is the Medes and the Persians walk under the walls in the riverbed and completely destroys that drunken bunch that thinks everything's under control. Could I ask you a question tonight? Is America in trouble? We don't act like it. Is there any need for we Christians to be concerned is our society 
eroding right in front of our eyes? Is our political process in trouble? Whether that was cheating or whether they was not, we are not sure. But more people voted than are breathing. Does it really matter tonight to you and to I who occupies the Oval Office in America? We tonight are facing the biggest battle of our life in our country in my lifetime. I'll be somewhere under a hundred soon. Not much. And I've seen them come and go. But I believe tonight that we as Americans and as Christians are fighting the biggest battle we've ever fought in our history. It's not a physical battle. It's not a political battle. It's not a social battle, not even an economic battle. The battle tonight we fight is a spiritual battle. And the devil is looking like he's winning every battle. I don't know if you realize it or not, but the position we are in today is because of what we tolerated yesterday. And may I suggest to you tonight, the position that we'll be in tomorrow will be because of what we tolerate today. Memorial Day the great day we set apart to remember those who have given their lives for our families, our friends, and our freedom. I heard someone say on the radio the other day that we're the land of the free because of the brave. I'd like some of those brave Christians to stand up, please, and be counted for the cause of Christ and this great nation that we live in. I remember reading a quote by Franklin D. Roosevelt, and he made this quote about one week after Pearl Harbor. And he said, Those who long enjoy such privileges as we enjoy today, forget in time that others have died to win them. Memorial Day is a day we set aside to remember that freedom is not free and liberty costs somebody something. And we ought to set aside a day not only to memorialize those, but to 
Help us remember just how good we have it in America. You know, history has a way of repeating itself. Daniel saw much of what we are seeing today in our country. Daniel here in chapter 5 speaks of the total collapse of a culture, of a nation that's not even in existence today. Completely gone, if you please. They became so comfortable, secure and complacent within the confines of their security walls, they crumbled from within. We're the superpower of the world, they say. We can put a man on the moon, but can't teach him how to live on the earth. We can teach him how to walk on the moon, but can't teach them how to walk before their families. Daniel saw what we saw. They became so comfortable. I think maybe they were so secure physically, but so weak spiritually. Babylon was rich materially, but bankrupt morally. Remind you of anybody? Is America in trouble tonight? You see, what most folk don't realize is I'm talking about a God thing. Only God could defeat Babylon. And God can defeat America too. And our morals, our pride, our selfishness begin to drink the wine of this world of the goblets, worldliness, materialism. Who said God can't close the door to America? You say, I didn't come for this. Well, I didn't come to do it either, but that's just how things happen every once in a while. This great superpower made some mistakes, and I think we Americans can learn from the mistakes that Belshazzar and Babylon experienced. Let me give them to you real quickly because we've got a lot to do. Four huge mistakes that Babylon made in Daniel chapter number five. The first mistake they did, they lost the sense of remembrance. Nostalgia is not altogether bad. Please forgive me, but I like thinking about the good old days. Somebody said they wasn't so good without a cell phone. That's what made them good. Now, folk, America, like Babylon, 
has forgot how to remember. Remember. Anybody remember Jimmy Carter? Gas prices? Inflation? Taxes? Soft leadership? Just ask him. Second thing that Babylon did that I think America ought to be careful with, they lost their sense of reality. Another power trying to take the city, rob the families, rape their kids, and they have a party. Remind you of anybody? Third thing they did, they lost their sense of restraint. I'm sorry. There are just some things you don't need to be doing. And there are some places you don't need to be going. And there are just some things your kids ought not be allowed to watch and listen to. And there are just some things you ought not watch and listen to. Babylon lost all restraint. Wives, plural. Concubines, plural. Booze. Dope. You say, who was the dopes? The folks who were drinking the wine and had all that women. They got to be dopes. Multi-wives mean multi-mother-in-laws. Dear God, give us a break. Amen, wife. <laughs> Fourthly, they had lost all sense of respect. Now, I do know, before I close, Babylon was in trouble. God was fed up. God was done. 200 years before this text, God spoke to Isaiah and said that I will send the Medes and Persians and the king will shake and shiver and his loins will be out of joint. 200 years before it happened, God said, I'm going to do it. But who believed God? Just, just a book with writing on it too. Believe in God. Let me ask you something, and I'll close. Is America in trouble? Have we lost our sense of remembering? I can remember when the 10 largest churches and Sunday schools in America was independent fundamental Baptist churches. Every one of them. Elmer Towns wrote a book entitled The 10 
fastest growing Sunday schools in America. And they were all independent, fundamental Baptist churches. I can remember when Baptist folk preached against sin. And they called it really what it was. Do you know America used to honor God unashamedly and openly? His name is etched in numerous monuments in Washington, D.C. It's printed upon the folding money in God we trust. There was a time when we credited him with our blessings and we went to him in our needs. There was a time when our successes, he got the credit and we got the blessing. But like Babylon, America has lost her sense of remembrance. Babylon lost their sense of reality. Look at verse 1 of chapter 5. Just, this is amazing to me. Verse 1. Belshazzar the king made a great feast. A thousand of his lords drank wine before the thousand. Now you need to, to make sure the gates are secure, Belshazzar. No, no, let's have a party. Belshazzar, now if this happens, it's going to affect every family in Babylon. Oh, oh, we got it all under control. Let's have a party. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together as some is. Let's just stay home. We're tired. Party time. It's not reality time. It's party time. May I say to you, cities under attack, the Medes and the Persians, and these crazy, crazy, crazy people are having a party. What a crazy bunch. Lost all touch with reality. Today in America, cities burn, thugs shoot people, rape and loot in innocent protest. Now, how reality, how real is that? Just a friendly protest, we've only burnt down four buildings and busted down the police department and shot four innocent people. We're just protesting innocently. Don't bother me. Defund the police and let's organize us a social workers convention. You know, like the social workers that protects our little children. 
and puts them in homes of rapists and molestators. You know that bunch. So concerned about our kids, but not the kids of the dope pushers, the outlaws and the thieves. They just want our kids. You say, you don't know what you're talking about. I know what. Just a young guy not been around long. Is America in trouble tonight? I just wonder, maybe tonight we trust our governmental school system with our kids' education and morality. How's that working? It ain't time to pray. You can look up. You say, I teach. I don't care what you teach. I don't care what color your belly button is. I don't need what the public school putting into our kids. You say, you're going to make somebody mad? Well, that's nothing new for me. Daddy said, if you can't get them to do anything, make them mad, they'll do something. Can you imagine, bless your heart, relying on the social media for our children's views concerning sexual identity? You let your kids get their social, sexual identity from the social media and we look at Belshazzar like he's an idiot. I don't need anybody teaching my boys why they ought to be a girl. You notice all my boys, they walk just like me. If they don't, I'll kick them in the pants so long they'll crawl home. No, I don't want my girls, my boys walking like this. Are you listening? I said, are you listening? Is America in trouble? America is good down the drain if we don't do something. We've lost the sense of remembrance. We've lost the sense of reality. Bless your heart. Life is not a party. It's a battle. Raising kids take time. Raising kids are not making friends out of your kids. It's giving them character that will carry them through life when you and I are gone. And we party while our kids struggle with their gender. Now, where did that come from? It didn't come from your home. Where are they getting that? You say, well, public education is free. What's your kid worth? What are they worth? We've lost. See, America parties while Satan is busy destroying the nuclear, have you ever heard that? Family. One doctrine of BLM is to destroy 
the nuclear family, husband and wife, man and woman, boy and girl. Boy, it got quiet in this place, didn't it? You say, we'll fire you. No, you won't. You can't. If you fire me, I'll buy the property across the street and put you out of business. You say you wouldn't. Don't you think of it. America and the devil not running this old man. And don't you let the devil and America and politics and the woe movement run you. God help us. We don't need to succumb to Babylon's headaches and heartaches. It lost all sense of remembrance. Man, I like to remember. I like to remember what God has done around this place all these many years. I not only remember the fights, I remember the blessings. I not only remember the folks that are still here, I remember folks that got mad at me and left, and I still love them anyhow. I just like remembering things. I like to remember how that Ginger chased me until she caught me. Yeah. Remember the night she called me on our first date, asked me to go out with her, please. Her life would be a wreck the rest of eternity if she did not. I better stop lying before I... See, the another thing in Babylon is they lied a lot. Can I have an amen? They had lost all sense of remembrance. Man, if you remember the good old days, you'll want to keep them the good old days. Amen. Yes, lost all sense of reality. How close. They lost all sense of restraint. Now, I think America has lost her sense of restraint. What used to be sin is now tolerated. What we used to demand, now we allow. We're in trouble, and we don't realize it. All hell's breaking loose just outside. We're having a party. Our destruction is knocking at the door, and we have forgotten who's running the show after all. And they had lost all sense of restraint. Verse number two. I'll close with this. Restraint. Here's a bunch of social drinkers. Preacher, do you believe in social drinking? Yeah, Pepsi. Not Coke. I won't drink a Coke anymore. They're against baseball. They lost the sense of restraint. 
Bill Shazer's philosophy of life, let us eat, drink, and be merry. No remembrance, no reality, no restraint. Notice, verse 2 talks about wives, plural, concubines, plural, drink, just nothing, everything's allowed. Everything goes from gay marriage to transgender bathroom. Everything. Babylon's were blind to see the connection between moral decay and national decline. You know why our nation's not the nation it used to be? Because our morals are rotten. Our morals are gone. Fifty years ago, I preached that excessive thinking on sexual matters will lead to prostitution and homosexuality. Fifty years ago, excessive thinking about sexuality sent our morals in America to the depths of the garbage can. It's confused our young men and our young ladies. Parents, there must be restraints. 13, 14-year-old girls have no business dating. You say, you're not my daddy. You can thank God for that. I see these little old girls and boys holding hands and cuckooing and my soul. Don't you know there must be restraint? Oh, you don't remember what happened to you, Mom? We let our kids run one wild. We don't restrain, no strain, restraint. But God knows they won't love us if we tell them no. Glad you think so. Me and you are the only two that do. Can you imagine for just a moment? So society is bombarded with the idea that restraints are harmful and evil. Teach our precares some kind of sex education. Wise them up for it's too late. Society is bombarded on a regular basis with ideas. We learn Lately, some terms such as tolerance. You heard that word lately, tolerance? We're to be tolerant. Tolerant with our kids. Tolerant with our doctrine. Tolerant 
with our mask wearing, tolerant, with our church going, tolerant. Political correctness is all around us. Did you know that that knob is racist? It's brown. Hope they don't close us down because it's not multicolored. Everything else is racist, isn't it? I just wonder tonight, should not there be some restraint on all this stuff? It is more racist today than it was when I was a kid in Tennessee when the blacks had to ride the back of the buses and had their own water fountain and their own bathrooms. We heard less and there was less fighting and less division in those days than they are today. And we are smart today. You know, I remember a time when I could watch television and wouldn't hear the word racist at all. Go and try that this evening. We'll not do it. You see, we have lost all sense of restraint. The devil is not going to push me into the hole of this multicultural teaching that's going on today. And our kids at Joshua Christian Academy is not going to be taught that junk and that garbage. Listen to me. Not going to do it. I'll cloud up and rain all over that place before it'll happen in this place. Amen. You say, well, I'd put my kids in the school if I could afford it. You never asked me, Andrew. How do you know you can't afford it? What's your kid worth? You say, well... There's just one teacher down there I don't like. I don't like any of them. So many of Joe and Sam Brown. But I like what the product is. You seen the product? Did you hear the product this morning? Oh, Andrew will be stupid when he graduates from school. He's stupid before he started. So why should we expect anything less? Man, it's a good stupid. Much smarter, much sharper than I ever was. Church has great history. But we got to remember some things. Hmm? I said, we've got to remember some things. Yeah. we got to be real about it. And it's just some places we're not going to go. Some things we're not going to do. Amen. We need restraint. 47% of all the young people 18 to 23 says that morals are relative. Not absolute. But relative. That means 
you set your own morals. That means if you're a boy and you want to be a girl, God made a mistake. That's just relevant. We need to help those young people that are struggling with those things. But now let me help you. Too much thinking. Listen, kid. Excessive thinking about sexuality will lead you down the wrong path. Me, Andrew, or any of our staff be willing to sit down and take time to help you with those thoughts, with those desires, correct, stinking thinking. Because as a person thinketh in his heart, so is everything on social media. Kids you set beside down at school are as confused as a grasshopper sitting in the middle of the freeway with his hopper broken. They don't know which way to jump. So you don't need to be taking advice from your friends at school. Mom and Daddy, that was free. Didn't cost you a thing. And all of God's people said, I ask you the question tonight in closing. Is America in trouble? Boy, how we need to pray. How we need to remember some of the good old days when preachers used to preach around here and you'd almost shut them down with amens, hallelujah, run that by again, preacher. Remember the good old days. I was preaching one night early in the history of this church. My son David was sitting on the second to the back pew in our church. That's where my kids always sat. They didn't want too much of this goodness to rub off on fellow was sitting right behind him, and I was preaching that night about Jesus and about how that devil couldn't hold him, fire couldn't burn him, and water couldn't drown him, and I got chanting, and old boy on the back row stood up and went, whoa, glory to God, and just sat right back there. We closed the service, and my son David came to me and said, Preacher, I want you to know, when he stood up and yelled, the skin run right off the end of my toes. It scared me to death. Remember the good old days when people used to say amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm glad I'm saved. Hallelujah. Remember the good old days. Got to be some restraints, yes. You can't do what you want to do. You ought to do what God wants you to do. Amen. And uh, 
Didn't I say I was going to close while ago? Watch this. Everything was going fine in Babylon. Everybody's having a good time. And then the party pooper showed up. The hand of the Lord. My question to you tonight, when the party pooper shows up, will you be ready? Because if God didn't let Babylon get away with it, God did not let the Medes and the Persians get away with it. God did not allow the Grecians to get away with it. And God did not allow the Romans to get away with it. Are you going to be ready? And the potter party people shows up and says, I've judged you and you've been found like America, the parties are. Let's pray. Let's go win people to Christ. Let's shout hallelujah, praise the Lamb for God and His grace. Because I read, but God commended His love toward us. And then while we were yet sinners, you know the rest of it, Christ died for us. Aren't you glad of that? And all of God's people said, Amen.